What's going on, Chase Oaks? I am so glad that you have tuned in to this broadcast of Chase Oaks Live. Before I start today's message, I want to tell you about Here for Good Sunday. You don't want to miss it. It is this weekend, weather permitting. You can go to chaseoaks.org to make sure that we're still having it. And this is what I want you to do. I want you to pack up the minivan, pack up the car, put some snacks in there. Listen, you're going to get some free T-shirts. You might get some free cookies uh, if you go to the right location. I'm not permitted to tell you which locations have cookies and which ones don't, but you're just going to have to trust God that you're going to the right location for here for good Sunday. It's an awesome opportunity for us to uh, once re-engage with one another and also be a blessing to the community. You can read all about it at chaseoaks.org and you can give, you can bring food, and, and we're also going to be doing some giveaways and a bunch of fun stuff, so you don't want to miss that. Uh, we are kicking off a brand new series. It's a, just a short two-week series called Love is a Battlefield. And uh, over the past a couple of weeks, uh, we have been getting news of, of things opening up, and that's been kind of fun because remember at the beginning of the pandemic, they said, hey, we're going to have your shelter in place for two weeks. Nike's going to be closed for two weeks, okay? It's been a real long two weeks, okay? And in the process of this very long two weeks, um, we have all... Uh, let's just be honest, okay? We all haven't been looking our best, okay? When the nail salon shut down, when the barber shops, when the beauty salon, when, when all of that went, went, went away, we all felt that a little bit, okay? And now that it's opened up, these places are booked for weeks on end, and thank God, because we all needed a little bit of pandemic grace for our outer appearance. Now, here's the deal. Maybe uh, this pandemic didn't just take a toll on how we look, on the inside, for some of us, it took a toll on our wallets. For some of us, maybe it took a toll on our career. But you know what? I don't think we saw it coming. I don't think we saw it coming, it taking a toll on our relationships. I'm being told that globally and nationally, the divorce rate is skyrocketing right now. At the beginning of the pandemic, it was this idea of, man, isn't this great? We get to spend all of this quality time together. And then we did... And then what some of us found out was that more time did not fix more issues. In fact, for some of us, more time created more issues. And some of the discord was over many things, whether it was the division of labor in the house and who's going to do the homeschooling today and whose job gets to take priority in cleaning and cooking. And all of a sudden, we see lots of couples that are just at a place where they're about to call it quits. And then even for our platonic relationships, I've seen friends get into it and have a relational rift over various different things. I mean, uh, just a couple of weeks ago, there was a video that went viral of an African-American man named Ahmaud Arbery who was running uh, in a neighborhood and not sure of all of, of, of how he got to that neighborhood and all that was happening there, but he was, he was killed by two Caucasian men and the Internet just went buck wild. And that was hard to watch. The video, watching this video was hard to watch. And what was also hard to watch was watching people post various opinions and perspectives about what they saw. And then people attacking one another over their perspective. And then even just and, and how people are handling a pandemic. Some people are still sheltered in place and some people are living their best life right now. And, and some of us are taking it very seriously and some of us are not. And then all of a sudden we could find ourselves at odds with one another going, man, 
you should be. And, and man, love's a battlefield. There's a lot of back and forth, right? And here's what I want you to know. This weekend is a global crisis has the potential to test every important relationship we have. And I want to help you pass the test today. Because here's uh, what you need to know uh, about uh, this, this series. is We're going to be looking at 1 Corinthians chapter 13. It's also known as, as the love chapter. And, and, and here's kind of the, the ethos of, of the series is love plays offense and love plays defense. And, and this week I, I want to focus on offense. And what I mean by offense is, is this is uh, you can't control how people treat you, but you can control how you treat others. Because, and that's what we're going to talk about this week. Next week we're going to talk about sometimes how we respond to how we're treated. But this week we're going to look in Scripture and, and see if it can show us, man, how can we show love to those around us? If uh, this is your first time uh, checking out Chase Oaks, maybe you're new to church, maybe you're new to uh, the Bible or anything like that. First off, I just want to say thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you so much for uh, taking an invitation from a friend or maybe you feel like, man, I I stumbled upon uh, this, this site. You didn't stumble upon anything on Facebook or wherever you're watching this message. I want you to know that I believe God has something that he wants to say to you about your relationships, and it includes love. And here's what I know. Whether you have been a Christian your whole life or, or maybe you're, you're far from calling yourself anything like that, here's what I know. If you were to apply any of what I talk about today, of what we find in 1 Corinthians 13, if you apply any of that to your relationships, I promise you it would change every relationship you have. It, it, it'll be a game changer. If you apply this at your job, if you apply this at your school, if you apply this in your home, if you apply this in your marriage, I promise you, it will change the game. Now, uh, 1 Corinthians is a letter written by the Apostle Paul. The Apostle Paul, uh, the, the word apostle is really a leader of, of a lot of pastors, and he started a lot of churches in first century Christianity. Um, Corinth is a, a strategic city for Paul. Uh, Corinth is a, a port, was a port city at the time, strong economy, lots of people visited Corinth. It had a lot of influence. And so Paul said, man, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go tell people about Jesus there. Built a lot of followers, built up a church there. And then he went to some other regions to start planting churches. Well, he started hearing that the church in Corinth was having some different issues. And so he actually had to write a letter to them to address a few of these issues. And, and really, the first Corinthians is broken up really into the five issues or, or five parts. And it's divisions among them. They were going, man, there, there was lots of fighting that they had to deal with. He had to talk about sex for a little bit. There's a whole section on food. Now, now you might think, what was he telling them to do? Eat Chick-fil-A or Popeye's? No, it wasn't that. I mean, it, it was a big deal, perhaps another sermon for another day. And then he talks about the gathering and, and the resurrection. The gathering was, man, how, how do we gather? What, what, what do we do when we come together and worship and pray and preach the gospel? And what does that look like? And so Paul begins to sort of structure for the church in Corinth. Hey, this is what things should look like. And what I want you to know is that we all have a part to play. Because there was a lot of man not, listen, the church is about me when I get there. And there were lots of talented people that thought, man, if, if, if I, if, this is my time to shine. And, and Paul's coming on the scene and he's going, hey, here's the deal. I want you to know something about church. We all have a part to play. But 
be not deceived. Your part to play is not something that you should sing about. Your part to play is not something that you should brag about. The thing that you should hang your hat on, the thing that you should be proud of, the thing that you should be aiming for on a daily basis is one thing and one thing alone. Love. It is the good news of Jesus Christ. Everything about Jesus had to do with love. And this is what he starts off with saying in 1 Corinthians 13. He says, if I were to speak with eloquence in earth's many languages and in the heavenly tongues of angels, yet I didn't express myself with love, my words would be reduced to the hollow sound of nothing more than a clanging cymbal. And if I were to have the gift of prophecy with a profound understanding of God's hidden secrets, and if I possess unending supernatural knowledge, and if I had the greatest gift of faith that could move mountains, but have never learned to love, then I am nothing. And if I were to be so generous as to give away everything I own, to feed the poor and to offer my body to be burned as a martyr without the pure motive of love, I would gain nothing about you. Paul's going, hey, here's the deal. Without love, I am nothing, and I gain nothing. <laughs> I, I, I got nothing without love. I could be the most talented person in the room, but if, if I don't have love, I got nothing. You know what Jesus said to his disciples? Because people are going, man, how, how are they going to know that we, we follow you? Jesus is going, let me tell you what's going to separate you. Love. You want to know what's going to make a difference in our communities? You want to know what's going to make a difference in how we go to the gym and how we go to the grocery store and how we live in our neighborhood? How well we love. How well we treat others. And so Paul, he dives in into what love is. In verse 4 he says, love is large and incredibly patient. Love is large and incredibly patient. Don't we all need this right about now? I mean... (laughs) Wouldn't the world be a better place if we were all just a little bit more patient? I mean, if we all just moved a little bit slower, if we all just said, man, you know what? Woo, I'm going to live with a little bit of like, all right, I'm going to I'm going to have this for other people. I mean, don't we need this in our marriages? I mean, don't don't we need this for our kids? Let me ask you this. Don't our kids need this for us? Don't we need this for our boss? Doesn't our boss need this for us? I mean, we we all desperately need this, and I think the world would be a better place if we all had a little bit more of it. Because here's what I know about you, and here's what I know about me. We all want other people to change. (laughs) We all want other people to change. We're like, man, it'd be great if you would just... And not only do we want other people to change we want other people to change today like get your act together when are you going to get it and what do i mean when i say it it is when are you going to read my mind and know what i want before i tell you like can't you just read my mind and some of you going no ryan i don't need them to read my mind I need them to read my lips. You know how many times I have told them. And, and we're going, man, how many times do we have to tell them? How many times do I have to tell my husband? How many times do I have to tell 
my wife, how many times do I have to tell my kids? How many times do I have to tell my friends? How many times do I have to tell my employees? How many times? I have a suggestion. As many times as it takes to love them. I don't know what your number is. I don't know if it's 100 times. I don't know if it's 200 times. I don't know what your number is, but however many times it takes to love them. You know who's really good at this? God. So patient. (laughs) I mean, you would think he would have just gotten sick of us by now, right? I mean, how many times have we repented for something and redid it a week later? How many times have we repented for something and did it the same day? But yet, we have this God, this everlasting God, who sent his son to die for us, to show us love. And he patiently waits for us to get it. I mean, can you imagine if God was going, come on, man, how many times do I have to tell you? This whole anger thing, come on. Come on, how, 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 many times we, how many times are we going to do this? How, how, how many times do I have to talk to you about this pride thing? Come on, man, get it together. I mean, like, how many, how many times are we, are we, how many times are we going to go? No, he, he patiently waits for us as we continue to fall off our horse. And he's there to help us get back on again with his grace and his love and his patience. And if he does that for us, shouldn't we do the same for others? You know, sometimes I think we just, we're in such a hurry for others. We want them to get it together way faster than we're willing to change on our own. So, the next time you feel the internal urge for someone else to change, especially when they're saying something to you, that you're going, ah, this is what I want you to do. I want you to pause before responding. Here's the other. There might be somebody that's posting something. And you're going, oh, no, I got something to say to them. Man, there's something beautiful that can happen for all of us when we just pause for a moment and say, man, what would it look like for me to love them? When your kids are driving you crazy, man, at some point you might want to go, man, God does this for me a lot. He waits patiently. He shows me love anyways. goes on to say this, that love is large and incredibly patient. Love is gentle. And consistently kind to all. Consistently kind to all. Have you ever met a mean Christian? You know what I mean? Like, like they, they just were just, just a mean person. They were so mean, you couldn't even believe that they were a Christian. You're like, you, you're like, uh, uh, like you, you ever had somebody be mean to you with the Bible? Like, yeah, let, let me just slap you upside the head with this thing. And it's just like, didn't somebody, like, die for you and, like, give you joy? Like, what, love, like what is, what's happening? Love is consistently kind. You know, if you were to Google uh, why are Christians so, here are the first couple of words that would pop up. It, the first thing that would pop up, that would populate, why are Christians so judgmental? <laughs> why are Christians so negative? Why are Christians so mean? When I typed this in a couple of days ago, it didn't just say, why are Christians so mean? The first article that popped up said, why are Christians so mean to each other? I mean, I'm talking about a civil war, ladies and gentlemen. I mean, 
Can you imagine if we just got this right and we just said, you know what, we're going to start off by being kind to each other. Then we're going to work our way outside of our tribe, our people, to people we don't even know, maybe to strangers. I mean, this is kind of our brand, isn't it? I mean, when people think of Christians, they don't think of Man, all those nice people over there. We love them. People don't think that. No, they think judgmental, negative, mean, and sometimes mean to each other. Ladies and gentlemen, I think we have one of the greatest opportunities in human history as Christ followers to reframe, perhaps rebrand what Christianity means in this community. And how are we going to do that? Kindness. Going above and beyond for our brothers and sisters. Oh, if people just saw like, man, you guys always buying each other lunch. You guys always sending each other gifts. You guys are always just mowing each other's lawns and doing all this stuff for one another and, and sending tips, treats and doing like, like you guys just always do that. Do that stuff. Yeah, man, that, that's that's who we are. We're man, we we, we show love to. To one another, I know there might be somebody that gets on your nerves. Be kind anyway. And sometimes you would go, man, sometimes when people hear be kind, they hear be fake. No, I'm, telling, I'm not telling you to be fake. I'm telling you to love because we're not talking about you feeling like being kind. Because there are some people that believe that you can fall in and out of love. So when you're in love, well, I, I feel like it. I'm feeling it. So I, 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 I can be engaged in this relationship. But then all of a sudden you fall out of love. You're like, I'm just not feeling it anymore. As if that gives you permission to leave. No. When you're choosing to love, you're saying, no, I'm, I'm choosing to stay in this. I'm making a decision to be kind to you anyways, even in times when I don't feel like it. Did you know that the best companies in the world are the best companies in the world? All because they have centered their business around being kind to their customers. Uh, me and my wife, uh, we were buying some uh, baby formula, and it was some like uh, crazy from somewhere organic. It only has like, uh, you know, stuff in it that I could never, I don't even know all the ingredients. My wife just told me to order it. And uh, apparently I got it wrong. Shocker. And so uh, I ordered this. It all it all shows up. And it was like, hey, uh, so I called Amazon and said, hey, I need to return this. They said, uh, Mr. Leak, we apologize, but this is one of those items that is uh, that can't be returned. I said, oh, man, it was it was like eighty five dollars. You know, like I got like this whole case of all this formula. And they said, but you know, what, Mr. Leak, we're going to refund you your money. And here's what we'd ask you to do. Would you find a mom or somebody that could use that formula on us. And I thought, you didn't have to do that. You could have said, hey, man, you should have read. You could have said, hey, you, you know, the fine print said we well, couldn't return it. They could have easily done that. There would have been nothing I could do. But they just said, no, we're going to lean on kindness. Back in December, when uh, we could go to the mall freely, um, I was getting a Christmas gift, and uh, I was looking for a candle, okay? And I, and I was like, man, where can I find a candle? And I was like, I don't want a regular candle. I want just like a little bit nicer of a candle. And so I go to Nordstrom. I'm like, hey, uh, I, I need a candle. Well, I was in the mint section. He was like, hey, I'm going to walk you up the escalator to go see where the candles are. So then I see this girl. She's in the candle section. And I'm like, they're trying to all, now I got two people trying to help me pick out just one 
candle. I, so I, I said, hey, guys, the candle's not for me. Hey, ladies, you pick, like, whatever you think it smells good. You know, I, this is going to be a special gift from a wife and deal with it. So we're going to do the deal. So we do this deal, and I'm like, uh, they're like, you need a gift box. I'm like, yeah. They're like, well, all the gift boxes that we have right now are too big for the candle. And so I was like, okay. So then I go back downstairs, back to the men's section, and I've got my candle. And then the manager comes out and says, hey, I hear somebody is looking for a gift box for a candle. Now we have three employees at Nordstrom at Stonebriar Mall. They're all looking for a box for a candle. I'm just going, why are all of you working so hard for me? It's just a candle. I'm not spending that much money in here to merit three to four employees walking around looking for a box. But companies get a great reputation by going above and beyond for their customers, being extremely kind. Here's what I would tell you. Here's what I would tell us that we can be asking ourselves during the season. What can we do to go above and beyond for them? And we all have a different them. What, 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 what can we do to go above and beyond for our friends? What can we do to go above and beyond for our spouses, what can we do to go above and beyond for our kids? Ladies and gentlemen, I encourage you, even when you don't feel like it, be kind anyways. goes on to say this. It refuses to be jealous when blessing comes to someone else. It refuses to be jealous when blessing comes comes to someone else. And I have to encourage us. Man, if we're really going to love each other, we have to be people that allow other people <laughs> to be blessed when we're not. Oh, isn't it interesting during this season that for some people, while we're being sensitive to the gravity of what a pandemic means for the world, for some people, this has actually been a pretty good season. I mean, for some people, They've had a little bit of a come up. Some people refinance their house. They're just afraid to tell somebody. Some people, listen, stimulus check. One of my homies got nine kids. Okay. His stimulus check, he balling right now. Okay. He like hype, but he like scared to tell people. He's like, yeah, man, I mean, this whole pandemic thing, so sad. You know, it's like, like they don't even know what to do. One of my friends called me and whispered to me, he said, I go, why are you whispering? You got promoted. This is awesome. He's like, I know. It's just, you know, I'm just, I, I, I just don't really want to tell anybody. And it's like, we're all afraid to say maybe things aren't all that bad. And again, I, I want us to be sensitive to people that it's, that it's not going all well for. But at the same time, we, we can't spend, we, here's the game we can't play. We can't play the pandemic trials game. Like, who got it worse? Okay, who's... Do Listen, regardless of what's happening with me, I can celebrate your life. That's what love does. Love takes the spotlight off of me and puts it on you and says, you know what? I refuse to be jealous. When someone else is being blessed, here's what I'll know. It's, 
It will always be difficult to celebrate someone else's blessing if we're busy comparing trials. Man, I think if someone's if something good's happening, shouldn't we be people that people can share their stuff with? Think about it. Think, just think about this for a second, okay? We have been praying. Some of the more spiritual people have been fasting that God would do something good in this season of our lives. And then he does. And we can't tell nobody. Think about that for a second. We can't even celebrate what we've prayed for. And then sometimes we can get a little jealous because we prayed for a blessing and God gave it to someone else. It's hard to celebrate someone else's promotion when you've been furloughed. It's hard to celebrate someone else's engagement when you're on the brink of divorce. I get it. Can you imagine what it would do for your soul to pause just long enough to say, you know what? I'm not going to let what's going on with me keep me from celebrating my friend, keep me from celebrating my family member. And I can show up for you. And what God has done for you does not mean he is absent in my life. I'm going to trust God with my circumstance and be happy for yours. It goes on to say this in verse 7. It says, love is a safe place of shelter for it never stops believing the best for others. It never stops believing the best for others. Do you know how many relationships would be saved if they would just believe the best for each other when we could spend so much time assuming the worst? Have you ever been washing dishes mad that your spouse is not washing the dishes? And you start telling yourself a whole movie about what they're doing while you're washing the dishes? Can I tell you something? That movie is almost never true. Can you imagine what would happen in every relationship that you have? If you decided to be a person that says, you know, I'm going to love them. And what does love do? (laughs) It's going to believe the best about them instead of assuming the worst. I love telling people about the generosity hypothesis. Brene Brown, author, researcher, storyteller, speaker, she uh, talks a lot about this in her writings. She learned it from one of her professors. The generosity hypothesis asked this question. It says, what's the most generous assumption I can make about what they said or did? What's the most generous assumption I can make about what they said or did? And so what this is, is it's giving someone the benefit of the doubt. That maybe we don't see all of the angles as to why they said what they said or why they did what they did. But imagine if we just said, you know what, I'm going to give you a little bit of grace and just say, you know what, I'm just going to assume the best about you. What's the most generous assumption I can make about him or her in what they did or they said? Here's what happens for a lot of couples, especially The reality for most couples is they often ignore each other's emotional needs out of mindlessness, not malice. Like a lot of times it's not like they woke up and said, I need to figure out a way how I can offend my wife. Like I have never met a husband said, I'm going to show her today. I'm going to leave the toilet seat up and and we're going to see if she just falls in. I'm setting a trap. Like who's doing that? No, they just weren't thinking about you they're thinking about themselves like most of us do but sometimes we'll punish each other 
like they were purposely trying to hurt us. Most of the time, it was something small that we just we just assumed just assumed the worst. And I can't tell you how many how many times I've sat with people, and it just breaks my heart to see bickering over the smallest of things. One of my friends was going through a divorce, and uh, it had gotten it had gotten really ugly, and I had kind of uh, gotten to the the scene of the crime, so to speak, maybe a year year or so late. So I said, "Man, can you kind of catch me up." I, how, how did this? How, how did we get here? What 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 kind of triggered this? What what was the start of it? And, and, and here's here's the funny thing. I don't remember what he said. It was so small. Uh, but this is what I do remember saying to him. I was like, "Man, that's pretty small. That's a pretty small reason to get divorced." He's like, "I know. Where were you a year ago?" Because something small snowballed into something big. And before he knew it, he found himself with another woman. And by that time, it was just too late. All because they couldn't figure out the small stuff. Love is a battlefield, ladies and gentlemen. And my hope and prayer for us is that before we let things spiral out of control, man, that we would truly believe the best in one another. The last verse I want us to look at. It says, love is a safe place of shelter, for it never stops believing the best for others. Love never takes failure as defeat, for it never gives up. Uh, a couple weeks ago, I had an opportunity uh, to do my very first ever Zoom wedding. Okay, Zoom wedding. It was so fun. They invited a bunch of family members to join there. And uh, what a beautiful couple, uh, near and dear friends of uh, me and my wife, and I, uh, I I took them through what um, a lot of married couples uh, do with their vows that go like this, to have and to hold from this day forward, for better, for worse, for richer, for poor, in sickness and in health, until death do us part. Here's the reality. Most of us, and most of all of our relationships, we sign up for Better, <laughs> richer, and in health. Most of us don't make a plan for worse, poor, or sickness. In our friendships, most of us don't make a plan for betrayal, backstabbing, disagreement. Most of us don't make a plan for someone not seeing things through our perspective. We don't make plans for the negative. Love does. Love has a plan. And it involves making a choice to do the thing that oftentimes we don't feel like doing. Making a choice to be kind. Making a choice to be patient. Making a choice to believe the best in one another. And to not give up on relationships or write people off. So you know what? We don't see eye to eye on things. You know what? No, we, we, here's the deal. We don't have to see eye to eye on everything to love each other. We actually 
could respect one another and see things from a different perspective. And I respect your perspective and you respect mine. And we could continue to love one another. Love is a battlefield. It takes two. There's two parts to this. There's offense and there's defense. Next week, we're going to talk about how can we respond to others when perhaps we are mistreated. God, I thank you so much for each and every person watching this message. Uh, Lord, love is battlefield. And I pray, God, that you would teach us to play our part as best as we possibly can. In Jesus' name we pray. Everybody said, amen.